Hey, let's go. So can you start with presenting yourself? Later? Um, I guess I'll go by Thomas. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as what I do, I currently a psychology student and I'm a student full time. I enjoy understanding people's behavior, um, why we do the things that we do. Um, it's really interesting. Um, and just philosophical topics as well. So they kind of intermingle. I would say that's like the cross section of like almost everything I'm interested in is why people do what they do and like what is true. So anything that has to do with that is basically what I spend most of my time thinking about and doing and what I study. Um, outside of that, we get like, you know, personal like hobbies or whatever, but yeah. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to ask a, a more question about it, but first I'm curious about your age, if you want to share and uh, where are you from? I'm 33. I'm from uh, Arizona, the United States. Right. It's currently in the, uh, the, the the longest heat streak ever, I think, over 110 degrees. It's been like three weeks in a row where every single day has been over 110. So, hmm. yeah, yeah, pretty pretty brutal, but... Yeah. So... Um... You said you, you, you're trying to understand why people are doing what they do. And I'm curious about um, what is your, did you learn, did you, like, did you came to a conclusion or why do you think people are doing what they are doing? Uh, well, that's a huge question. It's hard to answer unless you have a specific um behavior want to explain and i mean the answer is no i've not come to a conclusion um because there's a lot of limitations that comes with the psychology you i mean for one you can't be in someone else's mind so you can ask them there's a lot of limitations um but what i'm mostly interested in is like resilience so why that's what i want to understand why do people, why do some people struggle in the face of adversity and they have, they develop complexes or whatever, PTSD, and why do other people not do that? Um, so what are the differences between those two, those two kinds of people? Is it, is there some sort of personality factors or some sort of environmental factor? And if we can figure it out, like, how do we instill that in people? Like, is, is there something you can do like in a clinic that, that we can, instill adversity because I'm very much a proponent of the idea that a life without hardship is not a white life worth living. So I'm not for creating a life that's real comfortable and easy and comfortable. Um, I think adversity is a good thing and striving to be great at things is good. And that's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of failure. And I want to instill resilience in people to take on these challenges and when they fail, to not be totally discouraged by it. Would you consider yourself resilient? I'm becoming resilient. It's um, 
I'm definitely way more resilient now than I used to be. Um, I think that's, you know, one reason why I'm interested in it is because I've seen how unresilient I have been in the past. And it takes, yeah, it takes a lot of work. I would say, um, I'm getting there. Let's put it that way. Mm. Like, how do you, like, what, what makes you say that you were not resilient? Like you, um, like what would be a, something that is not resilience, like, a, getting into depression? It's. I think it's just like a felt sense of, I don't know, just, I would get overwhelmed easily. I think that's the way, best way to put it. Like if you lack resilience, you are very easily overwhelmed. And a lot of that is thoughts. And I mean, what, how I've understood it is just thoughts in my brain. Uh, so I'll have a feeling about something. And I'll generate a thought to explain that feeling. And it'll be, you know, this is where like cognitive behavioral therapy comes in where it explains these like cognitive distortions. So I'll like catastrophize, like I'll have a bad feeling. Like here's this, I'll just give you a personal example um, because I've dealt with this. I've talked with people about it. Um, there is like literally a time where, you know, I live in an apartment. I just, I had agoraphobia to some extent to the point where, I mean, if I would, if you, if I really had to, I could go and do something. So it's not like my life is totally dysfunctional, but if I could put it off, I would. So like an, like a, a real concrete example is like, just, you know, I have to go throw out the trash and at an apartment complex, you have to, you know, you have to go walk yeah. outside. It's not like you have a trash can, like at a house or whatever, you got to go out in the parking lot, like just that, just the thought of doing that like gave me severe anxiety because I thought something bad was going to happen. I don't, couldn't tell you what was going to happen, but um, yeah. And that's because I had this, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever the history is, I have this feeling something, I don't know, something bad's going to happen. And then I generate all these thoughts about sometimes I come up with a catastrophe or black and white thinking or a lot of those things. So What is um? What would be the point of being resilient? Um, is it for happiness or efficiency? I think it's just to be like the person you want to be, um, whatever that means for you. But that's gonna work. I mean, you're gonna face adversity if you want to be great at something, or you want to do whatever you want to do. Um. It's going to be hard. You have to do things that are uncomfortable and you have to face your fears. Basically you have to face th these things you've made up in your brain and not let them control you. It's like if something ambiguous happens, those are the worst things because then you can generate all kinds of stuff. Uh, if you're not sure um, if something was a, like say someone said something, it was ambiguous what they meant. Um, if you just, it's really easy to construe that into something negative and like, see, this is evidence why, you know, people don't like me or, or whatever. Um, and then it's really easy to just avoid all of that. Um, and if you fall into your, you know, the beliefs that you have about yourself, like I'm a bad person or whatever, you're going to generate all these cognitive distortions based off of that. Um, you're going to 
Mm-hmm. Have black and white thinking or whatever, like I said, yeah. So, who who would you do to, or who do who do people? What what can people do to be more resilient? Um. So I'm just studying it. I'm trying to get into a um, research lab at my university that's studying this. But from what I've understood. Um, there's a lot of like research on like war veterans. Um, like one of the most important factors determines whether someone, for example, like post-traumatic stress disorder is a kind of feeling overwhelmed. And one of the most important things is having like a support network. So if you Mm. soldiers that came home from war, Um, that had friends and family that could support them and, you know, talk to them about it or be involved in their community, they were much less likely to develop post-traumatic stress disorder than people that are just left on their own. So it seems like community is a big um, factor in keeping people resilient. I guess I'm kind of equating like resiliency with develop versus developing post-traumatic stress disorder do you think that um relationship like we have less relationships and um, um, less healthy relationships than uh, in the past in the society we live in are you asking you're asking if relationships were worse in the past Yeah, like, like I feel like uh, right now in the modern society, we it's it's a little bit complicated to 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 make bounds and to connect with people. Sometimes, like, there is no free. I mean, there is a few free places. Um, there is some, but I think there is less than in the past. Like, you don't spend much time outside doing nothing. But maybe, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I agree. I feel like I feel like it was easier in the past. So I guess I would say I agree with what you said, but I feel like the internet especially has atomized people to the point where um, people don't go out as often. It's hard to make friends. I mean, I've complained before about people online and my theories about why I feel like those don't really work. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like yeah. since the internet, people have had less reason to go out. So I mean, I agree. I think we should have those places. If I had, you know, if I had the money, that's what I would do. I would love to have like a public place that people can come and just like hang out and talk. And like, you don't need to, you know, buy anything it's just a place where you can talk to your fellow there's no place like that right like yeah um someone mentioned that like i, I don't know if that's a uniquely american thing because no. i live in america and that's the way it is but same in europe i, I think it okay well i've heard from other people that it's more common in europe to have what's called a third place so in america there's The first place where you spend most of your time is at home and you're not meeting people there. And then you have the second place, which is your work. Um, 
And that's not, you don't really build community. Sure, you can make some friends, but um, there's no, I guess in the past, there used to be a third place where it's like outside of work and home, I have somewhere else to go. Like, I don't know if that's a public library or some public place where you can just hang out or a town center or something like that. Yeah, all that stuff's kind of, we don't really have those anymore. And I think that's a huge problem. Yeah, so people are more, more isolated. And so there would be a link with um, mental health and, and like people, because people are more isolated, they are more likely to, to have um, mental disorder. Is it, is it right? That's, I mean, I think so. I think it's pretty clear that we have a loneliness epidemic. Mm -hmm. um, that's like the biggest public health concern right now. And there's a lot of actual physical health problems that come with, be, I mean, being lonely is like as bad as um, being sedentary. Like, it's terrible. So not not just on the psychological level, but yeah, that's it's a big problem. And I just feel like no one's doing It's such a huge problem though. Cause you can't, it's not like one person, like, you know, Dr. K can fix this problem because it's, it's a local problem. Right. So you need all this stuff in like every town across America. Um, it's just a, it's just a huge, massive problem. I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. Because everyone needs uh, someone in particular, like a personal like yeah we everyone needs their own friends so there is not uh, one solution yeah it's complicated yeah and the problem with that is it's really really difficult to make friends you know outside of school and then people turn to work but i don't think work's a great place to do that honestly but oh, yeah. so if you don't have a lot of friends or you drift apart that's pretty common you have high school friends or college friends And then when you're, you know, a couple of years out, you just, you don't have school that binds you. Maybe you're just kind of a little bit different and you don't talk. There's a lot of people, they just drift away from friends. And then now it's like they're in this impossible situation to try and make new friends. And it's just super difficult as an, an adult because there's, there's also a lot of people that they have families. Like there's a lot of adults that have, you know, a wife or a husband and kids and, you know, they're done. They have their schedules full. So you can't be friends with them. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a it's a hard problem. In in Europe, you would go in places like uh, parks, like uh, outside, and uh, pubs. Like, like the, the pubs uh, used to be like the place for mix, like social uh, diversity and social mix. But uh, yeah, you have to pay for a drink. Yeah, I feel like that's. I feel like that's if you just want to like a community, they'd probably work in like a small town in America. But I, I mean, if, I feel like if you do that in the city, I don't. I could be totally wrong. Is I don't go to bars, I don't drink, I don't have a good time, so I don't do that. But I feel like that's for like, you know, dating or picking up people, um, like bars in the city. That's what that's for. Yeah, it's not very meaningful or not very deep. So, do you would you go in, like do you have uh, parks like in in USA or in your in your state? You can meet people in. Yeah, your we park. actually. Yeah. Um, we do have parks. We have um, there's a lot of little 
um not we have, so we have a lot of national parks but you know like a park in like your neighborhood we have little ones around me there's little um lake areas with you know a little trail or whatever it's like a square mile it's pretty small but there's few of those around but it is like half half the year it's just no one goes outside it's too damn hot out here you know mm. so yeah but p people use one to of the downsides people used to meet in in these parks like is it a place to hang on or oh, it's not because um i don't know i i see uh like groups online will like oh we're gonna go for a walk in the park come join us but um okay i don't yeah i don't spend a lot of time at the parks i don't know the social atmosphere there i think about amsterdam uh i know in this in this city um there is uh quite uh, many uh parks and if you go there in the end of the afternoon there is a like it's full of people and you can meet people in this place so i think that's uh that's a really nice really nice thing But yeah. Anyway, so that's very interesting. I mean, I am very interested in psychology as well, and uh, I will ask uh, more questions later if we have time. Um, I skipped uh, one of the first question I used to ask is uh, how do you feel right now? Um, I don't know. I feel fine. I. Uh... A little nervous because I know um, some of the things you're interested in. So you said there was going to be surprises. Um, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You're a little uh, spooky like that sometimes. <laughs> But I'm ready. Give me your questions. Um, no, it's it's going to be all right. It's not. Um, I mean, anyway. Yeah, uh, I wanted to ask like something I want to talk about is uh, what are your worries? Like, what are your worries about? Are you worried about in general? Is there something in general? That's a really, really broad question. Um, there's so many ways I could go. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll just go in all the ways. Um. I guess you go real practical. You could, like, I worry about like uh, climate change and real real world problems, um, but I also worry about like failing. Um, I worry about yeah, getting things wrong. It's kind of the same thing, but I spend a lot of time worrying about that too. Hmm. What would be the The first worry, what would what... oh, I mean, I worry about the stuff that I can control. So, like climate change, I can't do anything about that. So, you know, uh, or I can do very little. Um, so, like, I worry about my life and how I can make my life better, so I can help people. So, like, my. I focus on my worry about failure and where that comes from and like why that bothers me so much. So, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time focusing on 
things that worry me, like, I guess, personally. Mm. Is it um, more related to work or like... Uh, I didn't... Um, I don't know if you have, uh, if you're in a, um, in a relationship, like, do you have, you don't have kids, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. That's not a um, worry for you. Uh, that I don't have kids? Uh, more like a, uh, if you're looking for relationships or like a romantic. Um, I'm not right now because I'm pretty busy with school. I, I'm trying to be more social in general. So like if that happens, great, but I'm not like, I don't go on like dating apps or anything, but I am, I am trying to make a concerted effort to, you know, go out and, you know, find people because it's more it's a broader problem for me because I, uh, I've lost some close friends in the past year or two. So my social circle is pretty small. So now I got to re rebuild all of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess I worry in general about it, you know? Mm, so what would be the, the, the first, like if you have to say one worry, like what would be, what are you the most worried about? Um, it's, I mean, yeah, it's probably just, it's kind of complex, like kind of, um, you know, just fucking up or being wrong or screwing something up. Mm. And that's such a general thing. And that's why it's such a big problem because it applies to so many different situations. So like, I feel like for some people when something happens, Let's just make it concrete. Like you have some sort of social interaction and in it, and it doesn't go well. Like it just turns out bad. I feel like some people can just like laugh about it. Like, man, that didn't turn out good. And they see the humor in it. Um, but it's very hard for me to do that because I take responsibility for it and I feel bad about it. And, you know, I feel like a failure or I should have done something different or whatever. Um, so that's like the biggest thing that, worries me interesting yeah you take a lot of responsibility um i like to think so yeah um cool. especially recently yeah there's there's definitely things where it's like yeah you gotta you know stop stop you know blaming other people and like this is your problem to fix some of those are not true though like i said like how how think when you deal with other people that's not always the case it can be but when you're talking with someone or you have a relationship with someone that takes two people so it's not like all my fault is something it doesn't work out so i can't be taking the blame for everything when you're dealing with relationships with other people mm -hmm. uh, another question um what are you the most proud of Uh, probably, I would say probably just my, my, my determination 
just never like when I want something, I just I just don't give up. Sometimes I do, but like a good example, okay. It might be, you know, some people might be wondering, oh, you're 33 years old and, you know, it sounds like you're in, you know, have an, you're studying an undergraduate, you know, how'd that happen? Well, I've been, you know, I've been trying to go to school for like a decade and I would start and stop and I'd get a class here. I would drop four classes and then take a class and get a C because I just had my mental health was a disaster. Um, and actually this ties in ever since (laughs) this is a big, long story, but, Mm -hmm. um, ever since I knew, basically since I got out out of high school, I knew there's, there's something not right. Okay. I got to talk to somebody and no one pushed me. None of my parents did that. Like I was, you know basically agoraphobic wouldn't go outside like played video games all day long and no one was like you should see somebody i did all that uh i'm the one that all all the progress i've made on my mental health is was totally up to me i did everything and it got to the point where now you know i guess sometime a year and a half ago i started taking classes boom just get straight a's and it's been like a year and a half now. I've gotten A at every class. I don't drop any classes. I don't get C's. Um, and it's because I just never gave up doing that. And I just continuously worked on my mental health over the course of like a decade to get to where I'm at. And now I actually have, I'm somewhere solid enough that I can go to school and make something of myself. I can I can see where you're proud of uh, of of this and uh, I I I relate to this. It's it's I think it's something people might not realize, and I think it's really nice that you you are you are aware about it. Yeah, I get frustrated when I hear people. Uh, you know, they just don't try. That's the biggest thing. Uh, well, I don't know if that's off topic, but yeah. Hmm. Um, so you, you, you said like, you don't worry about what you're not controlling. And this made me, made me think about stoicism. So I wonder if you, do you identify to, um, uh, See, uh, philosophy uh, school or philosophy a specific one what, um i don't know that i would ascribe myself as a stoic i would i'm definitely influenced by stoicism absolutely um i've not read enough stoicism and i probably there's probably some things i'd be critical of stoicism about but yeah that is definitely a stoic kind of mantra of not being affected by things that are outside of my control. Um, all you can control is your response to things. And yeah, it's, I think it's really easy to like get caught up in like worrying about climate change. And it's, it's, it's I'm not saying don't worry about it at all. It's a problem, but you know, 
when you start to think about it, like I can't, I can't do anything. I can vote. I can go vote and that's about it. Like whether I throw a, you know, a can in the blue bin into the black bin is going to make zero difference. So, you know, just don't sweat the small stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's and, and any other um, anything else than stoicism, like um, like Buddhism, or what? Well, it's more like I yeah. Saw. I mean, a lot of that shared in in Buddhism. That's this. They have the same kind of concept. I think that's kind of like more like detachment. Um, I do like Buddhism. Um, because I don't think that, I guess I would say that like, I would, I am spiritual, but I don't believe in like a God that like has a name, you know, I don't believe it's like Jesus is the, is the, the one God. Um, and that's what I like about Buddhism. Cause like Buddha, I don't know all the details, but I, I don't think he's like a God. He's kind of, he's an enlightened being. And like people worship him, but they don't worship him like we worship like Jesus or something else. And I like that about it, that it's not doesn't have this like big deity that's got a name that's gonna judge you or whatever. So you think there is no God or are you hesitate or are you not sure? Like is it as uh, agnostic or atheist? I mean, I, I mean, I think if anyone is honest, they're agnostic. You don't know. <laughs> um, even if you're an atheist, you don't know for certain. You can say, I don't have any evidence to believe it. Sure, you can say that. And people that believe, they just have a, they, that's why it's called faith. But faith isn't knowledge. So if anyone says they're not agnostic, I just, they haven't thought about it. <laughs> uh, you can have a belief one way or the other, but. Um, I don't know. I, I used to be like a hardcore atheist. Um, and if you, if you press me in like at a philosophical discussion, I'm probably an atheist, but I maybe something interesting about me is that I, I've created a division between like what is true about reality and what is true for me. Um, so If in like a scientific sense or having a philosophical argument, I'm not going to be arguing in the favor of God, but I do think it's possible. And I, I, I don't have a really well-formed opinion about it yet, but I do think it's useful for people to have a, a, a like a sense of a higher self. So it doesn't, you don't have to call it G O D. You can call it, You know, some people just call it the self, your higher self that encompasses all of your other parts. Um, if there is a part of me, and I know this is kind of like esoteric religion. Um, I forgot which one it's called, if it's Gnosticism or Hermeticism, that believes that all, I find this appealing, but that all, that all, notions of god are basically different faces of this like um whatever like on a cube of god so like um muhammad 
is just one face on a cube. Jesus is another, and that, that cube is what is God, and they're all just different manifestations of the one God. I like that interpretation, but um, I don't know if there's, you know, problems with that or not, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So you, so God would be something like a higher consciousness or do you think there is a higher consciousness? I don't remember what you said exactly. But, uh, um, well, one conception is like mm. your higher self. So like your, like your most, like you can think of like yourself as, so God can be like wholeness or oneness and that gets real abstract real fast. Mm. But so you can apply that to the universe and you could, you know, whatever the wholeness of the universe is God, or you can apply that to the self. Right. And the, the higher self or the God within you is the totality of the self that encompasses everything about you. Right. So the, the part of you that understands everything about, you know, wh why you're like, if you split yourself into different parts, like my angry self or my, the part that's upset, the part that gets hurt. Um, the higher self is the one that understands all those and like integrates it into one thing. So you can have that view of like God. Do Do you think we need like uh yeah we need to believe in uh in something like in 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 a higher like in God or in in a religion or? I don't think you need to. I do mm -hmm. think for some people it is helpful. I think for some people that is part of me wants to reduce God to a psychological phenomenon. And I'm not opposed to doing that. I think Carl Jung mentioned that. Um, I should have probably brought up that quote if I knew we were going to go here. But that was like Carl Jung's basically idea that God is like a lot of religious imagery and stuff reflects the psyche. And that's what it means. And God is the ultimate self. And any, any sort of metaphorical whatever about what God, um, yeah, is just something reflected about humans. Mm -hmm. I, I see what you mean. It's interesting to analyze religious, I mean, um, belief with a psychological, uh, as psychological way. Um, okay, so... You mentioned climate change. I wonder, how do you imagine the future? Um, the most likely outcome, I don't know. I waffle back and forth and you can't predict the future, yada, yada, yada. But probably like a, a, slow, a slow decline into deindustrialization. Um, unless something big happens or we pull our heads out of our collective ass. Um, it's just, it just seems like our strategy right now is just like, we'll adapt to it, but you can only adapt so much. Um, so 
and climate change is going to exacerbate like geopolitical issues. Um, and I think countries are going to become more isolated. So this whole system we have where everything is globally interconnected, I think that's breaking down. Um, definitely with China, right? We have all, especially with the um, computer chips. So we, the U.S. government is funding like massive spending to onshore chip manufacturing because, well, we can't be dependent on China for chips because it's national security. I think there's a ton of stuff that everything is going back onshore. We're, we're de-globalizing. Um, yeah, and what the consequences of that are going to be is, you know, it's hard to, hard to say. Yeah, like what, what in the lifestyle we will change? Like, oh, it's going down. The um, especially for Americans, I think a lot of why our standard of living is so high is because we get cheap labor from China and other countries. So if you have to onshore all this stuff, the price is going to go up. If you have to onshore all of your, you know, energy manufacturing. Um, the price of energy is going to go up. So everyone's going to get poorer. Um, yeah. So do you think, do you feel like people are aware about it around you? No, people are, they just focus on what's right in front of them. They like, I got to get to work. I got my kids crying or like they pay attention to like inflation, like, Oh, gas is real expensive. Like they just care about what's happening today. They don't, You know, they're not thinking about what's happening, you know, 10, 20 years from now. Some people are, but most people, they're just trying to get through their life one day at a time. Hmm. So what would make the, the world a better place? Like what, what would make this future better? I don't know. That's the million dollar question, huh? Um <laughs> So there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, it's just, it's a hard thing to even come up with something. I'd have to think for a minute about that. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is just um, the political polarization. Just, it fucking ruins everything. You can't have a conversation. It's It's all cult mindset. Um, you get in your echo chambers and people live in two different realities. You, it cannot function as long as people are constantly divided upon, upon political lines and everything is political, then nothing can get done. Mm -hmm. So at some point, like someone, this is like one of <laughs> One of, one of the things I've always said, Dr. K has said this, but he stole it from me, I'm claiming, that at some point, someone has to give, um, like, charity or understanding or forgiveness to someone who doesn't deserve it. Mm. That has to happen. So you hate this person or whatever. Well, you're going to, someone's going to have to, like, get out of there, like, well, you hurt me and then I hurt you back. And then someone's got to say enough. I forgive you. I want to start over, but no one wants to do that because there's when there's power involved, then, you know, there's 
that's where the whole cult dynamics take over and they enforce people to, you know, stick with the hive mind and just even saying like, I want to hear the other side out. It's like, you're, you're out of the group, you know, you're out of the cult or they're going to pressure you. They're going to put you through a struggle, a struggle session to, uh, sufficiently get you back on with the program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see what you mean. <laughs> um, wait a, a second. I... Oh yeah, I wanted to ask. Um, I'm curious. Do you have a immigration in 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 US immigration issue? I think you because you know it's. Oh, uh, I think. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna, just going to say that uh, in Europe, it's getting a problem and i wonder how is the situation in us so i don't follow that part of politics partially because mm -hmm. um i don't care but i understand other people do care so it's worth understanding um i do there is obviously a problem um at the southern border you know a lot of people from south america want to come And the problem is we have a big problem because our, our official immigration system, like you fill out, you know, the paperwork route, it, it sucks and it takes forever and no one wants to do that. So it's just easier to come across illegally. Like, what, okay, so they deport me, whatever. Like, um, But is there a lot of people coming? Or not so much? Like in your city, do you have, do, can you see migrants or not much? Well, I mean, yeah, everyone is. There are a lot of immigrants. Yeah, I don't know if they're like here illegally or not, but there's mm -hmm. a lot. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of Hispanics here for sure, because mm -hmm. they do a lot of the work that none of us want to do. Like every in every neighborhood where, because you know, I, there's a bunch of grass in my neighborhood. That's all cut by you know people from you know Mexico or whatever. They don't speak English. So all those jobs are done by those people. I'm sure anything that's grown here is picked by, you know, mm -hmm. um, usually Mexicans um, or other people. But. So you, you said um, there would be a slow change in the future. And um, I wonder, how do you imagine it? Like, uh, what about the car? Like if, if, the, um, if the oil price keep, keep uh, rising? Um, How are we gonna move? And how, like, if the if the weather keep warming up, uh, are you do you think you're gonna stay, or are you thinking about these things? Am I gonna stay in Arizona because of global warming? W would it be? Do you think it would be a problem? Um, I mean, yeah, it is, it's going to be a problem. I don't really have a gas problem because I don't commute and I have, mm -hmm. I own a hybrid. So it's pretty gas. I don't have a big giant SUV. Um, I'm sorry. What was the question again? If, um, you think that it's going to be, like it's going to keep warming up in, in your Arizona, right? You said, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it already is. Like, that's 
we're, I think I'm still currently in like where we broke the record for the most amount of days over 110 Fahrenheit yeah. and we're still going. So, so the, yeah, the, it's, it's really hot. It's only gonna get hotter and we have a massive water shortage problem. So I don't know how we're going to fix that problem. Yeah. I that's why I don't want to buy a house here. I rent because you know, if water rationing comes, who the hell wants to buy a house where like you have a water ration, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So, so you you already thought about moving? Um, yeah, I kind of stuck here because yeah, you know I, mean, I don't uh, want to. I mean, in the future, not now. Yeah, I I haven't thought about it mm -hmm. that far. I just I'm getting through school because I go to a state school. Uh, I don't want to go out of state, and you know I guess I have to establish my career. Mm -hmm. And then think about, I mean, ideally I would love to, um, I would love to move somewhere up North, but, um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, Arizona is pretty nice. There's no crazy weather. There's no hurricanes. There's no tornadoes. There's no earthquakes. Um, it's just hot sometimes. Who, who are the people in Arizona? Mm. I don't know. I'd say they're pretty friendly um, compared to uh, other places I've been, like California and um, New York. Mm, okay, friendly. I uh, that's I had the same experience in the USA. I was surprised. Surprised compared to Europe. People are smiling. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a big thing to uh, smile and like look people in the eye. It's kind of a, an American thing. Uh, what do you think about your country? Or do you have a, um, an opinion? You don't have to have an opinion. Um. I do. I do. It's mixed. I, I there are bad things and there are good things. I feel like America's in a like really tough position to be like the global leader. Um, I don't know if someone else could do a better job. It's real easy. On the one hand, it's real easy when someone's out doing stuff to criticize like I could do it better or whatever. Um, that's not to say that those criticisms aren't legitimate, but it's like, um, there are a lot of things I like about America. I do like the fact that, uh, we are freedom loving people. We don't like in general, the government coming in and telling us what to do. Uh, I feel like that's very different. That's one way in which we're very different from other countries like Europe where, and there's a lot of great things about Europe and the, the, the faith in the like technocrats, like the smart people, because I think generally people in Europe are in government are smart, but there's also limitations. I think that, um, smart people, 
they're overconfident sometimes, especially when they have power and they make bad decisions. So I do probably the thing I like the most is that it's, it's supposed to like limit the whole purpose of this country is to limit the power of government to just what's required and not anymore. Um, and a lot of people seem to love that. That's why a lot of people come here. Mm-hmm. But as far as like criticisms, I mean, there's a lot of criticisms. Um, it's hard to even go in and list them all, but there are things I think that America has done that has made, we've done things that, to benefit ourselves at the expense of other countries. Mm-hmm. You're not the only ones. Um, yeah, you know, every, every country, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> no country that doesn't have blood on their hands. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Do you identify to a political um, party? I don't know the world. Um, the political parties in America are absolutely total dog shit. <laughs> um, because, I don't know, there's a lot more people that are becoming disaffected. So we basically have Democrats and Republicans. Um, and... I feel like they're both insane in their own way. And there are things that I like about democratic proposals. Probably the biggest thing is like the, the cultural stuff, just, you know, you know, we're going to get in the culture war stuff here about um, being woke and all this stuff and how every, you know, kind of ties into something earlier about being resilient and, not constantly interpreting everything as people attacking you and being a victim. Um, and that's probably my biggest thing with people on the left is they just idolize being a victim. And I don't think really anyone in America is oppressed to the point where we have to have some sort of class based um, system to fix this problem. Um, as far as like economic issues, like I'm for, you know, universal healthcare, like you have in uh, Europe. Um, I want like a ton of government spending on infrastructure. Um, I'm open to the idea of like a universal basic income, but I'm also very much like a constitutionalist, I guess you could say, like I'm very pro free speech. So, you know, typically not on the side of the cancelers. I'm pretty big for the Second Amendment. So I think, you know, owning a gun to be able to defend yourself, including, uh, quote unquote, assault rifles, um, mm-hmm. is a right that all Americans have. And so I'm not for banning any of those. Um, do, you, do, you vote, do you vote? Um. I've just started voting. I voted in the last two elections. Hmm. All right. Um, it's been uh, 50 minutes. Uh, I think um, we can conclude now and ask the last question. I mean, I have two questions, two last questions to finish. Uh, first one would be... Um, which book uh, influenced you the most? 
You can give me three of them. Oh, three of them? Um, the first one I know immediately. It's The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. I think that's what that's what initially made me like a liberal as far as pol- politics. I read that in high school. It's basically a story of an immigrant that comes to America in like the night, like 1905 or something like that. Um, or maybe it's like um, 1800s. Anyways, he just shows the brutal life of an immigrant and he's working in a slaughterhouse and the horrible conditions and all this horrible shit happens to him, basically. Uh, it's just kind of showing the, the plight of poor people in America at that time. And I think I still have that. I still, you know, that still informs my politics today. Like, you know, I guess you go back to politics, but um, I'm very much like, I guess you would call me a class reductionist, meaning I don't care about your oppressed, oppressed status of whatever. Like, um, if you're rich, I just don't care. You, you've made it. So I'm not concerned about your problems or your problems at this point. So, but if you're poor, yeah, I want to help you. I, I, we should have social services. And I think that is what is instilled or influenced my political thinking was that book. Um, it very much advocates for socialism. And I used to be kind of a socialist, but I'm kind of pulled away from that. I understand a lot of why capitalism functions the way it does, um, even though it's not a perfect system. But that would be number one. Um, you can you can stop there if you if you don't okay. have. I, I want to ask as well. Um, is there something you want to talk about? Some a topic you want to something you yeah anything you want to talk about? Um. I don't know if you want to continue. Um, I am. Um, I guess. I mean. I guess I could. Here's a good synthesis of. I think a lot of the things that I believe. I have like a framework I will share. Um, and it kind of makes sense of who I am as a person. And maybe some other people might find something useful about it. But so I have this like three main ideas when it comes to like. Self-defense basically is how I view it in three different domains. And these are three different things that I, that I advocate for. So the first thing would be being able to like handle being persuaded by other people or um, like defending yourself from bullshit. Persuasion is, can be a good thing. Maybe trying to persuade you of something good. Um, but like the way that you can protect yourself so you're not getting duped by people or whatever is like, you know, you read things, you read books, you, you know, watch videos that, you know, give you information. You go to school and learn facts about the world. So when someone says something, you're like, you can at least like, I don't know, that sounds like bullshit. I don't know if I'm going to believe you. Right. So you're kind of defending your mind. So that's why I think like education is super important. Like the next area is like the emotional. This is why I'm a big proponent of um, therapy in general. That's why I want to help people um, is to defend yourself against like emotional manipulation. 
And this can, can tie into like, you know, information like propaganda very much plays off your emotions and your biases. Like being aware of these biases, not being manipulated through guilt or whatever by people learning to say no, like I'm not doing something because I don't want to, right? It's like setting boundaries. Um, that's that ties into another fundamental thing is just like I think so much of mental health and just living a good life is understanding who you are. If you, as the, as the kids say, get based, um, you understand who you are, then like, I don't need, you know, your approval. I can say no. And that's totally fine. I'm not going to be manipulated. I'm going to do what I want to do. I I'm an autonomous person. So in that general area. So I think like therapy or just learning, you know, how to be, I guess you could say confident or, being able to tell people no, because a lot of people will have that problem. Um, and then the last one is, you know, physical protection. And that's why I'm a big proponent of uh, firearms, because, um, you know, there's a famous quote that God created man and cult made them equal, meaning the guy that created the gun made all men equal, because it doesn't matter how big and strong someone is. Um if I've got a gun, then that doesn't matter. And I think it's like the ultimate tool to equalize the physical playing field. You cannot physically physically coerce me if, you know, I have a gun to defend myself. And if people don't like guns, I think, you know, being in shape or doing, you know, jujitsu or whatever people want to do, I think that's really important. So that's kind of like my three ideas, like education you know, learning boundaries or therapy or understanding yourself and being able to defend yourself physically with, with a gun or through some other means. I like this a lot. It's so interesting. Um, you kind of answered the last question I, I, I will ask. Is uh, an advice for the younger generation like a message in a bottle. Um, yeah, it comes from one of my favorite songs. Uh, this is band Gunship. Um, when you grow up, your heart dies. Anyway, there's a lot of positive messages in there. But basically, it's just like, you know, don't give up on your dreams pursue them don't fear fear failure and if you can do those things you have a good life and don't give up basically all right thank you thomas yeah it was uh it was fun thanks for having me on <laughs>